This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff plus Alex. That's me. I'm back. You know, Oops. how many episodes are we on, Muff? About 180. Every time that this is Sports Stuff still catches me by surprise. Even when I say, you ready to do this? And we hit the go button. Still catches me by surprise. Still happens. Alex has returned. Alex, how was your vacation? It was good. It was fun. It was nice to leave the area for a couple days. It's always good to come back home. It is always good to come back home. Today is Monday, December 5th. And speaking of promise in the homeland, there is hope in Buckeye land after so much disappointment last week, Jim. And your sour grapes and your disappointment and your, I don't even know, all of, just call it, conjure up all the negative words that can be had. And that was Jim's demeanor last week. Yeah, that happened. But we will find out if the Big 12 and Alex get the last laugh. Ha ha ha. College football conference championship weekend provided all the drama we could ask for and some anticipation for the Sunday reveal of the college football playoff, as well as for the bowl season, which we are very much excited for. It it was fun that this year there was like a, was a little bit of like drama leading up to the top four. Like I feel like some years it's just very like cut and dry. Like these are going to be them. Yeah. But this was kind of cool because you're kind of like I don't know. Point of Maybe. inquest or point of clarification, either one. My wife kept asking me, "Why do we find out on Sunday and not Tuesday on the last one? When we find out Tuesday night every other time?" And I said, "That's because it's the last one." But I don't feel like that's a good enough excuse to like explain. Just, just because. Just It's because. Why do they do every other one on Tuesday and the final one on Sunday? Why not? aren't they all on Sunday? I think it's because it's like Selection Sunday. Like It's like the same thing as the, um, and the basketball. They do them rhymes. all on Sunday. Well, I feel like I feel I and I feel I agree. I think it would be great if they did them all on Sunday at noon, but then you're competing with the NFL crowd. And I think the NFL would probably get a little upset and probably be less eyes on certain things if they did it every mm. Sunday. I think this is one of those we'll take one of these Sundays, but we know it's probably not the best idea to take all of them. Makes sense. Because people are probably not going to pay attention to one or the other, and we're not trying to ruin each other's brands. Not That's ruin, fine. but draw eyes away from each other's brands. There you have it, folks. Muff gave the best explanation. All right, thanks, Muff. That's my guess. I was wrong. It's a lot better. I liked to, it just because. Yeah. As always, be sure to follow us at Sports Jim Muff on Instagram and Twitter. Sports Stuff W forward slash Jim Ambersand Muff on Facebook on YouTube. Subscribe, comment, rate, review, tickle, poke. poke. Like, comment. I was like, I feel like we didn't say like, which is like Retweet. the original because we've gotten so. Share. Share. Oh, that's a good one. Did we say All review? Things. What'd you say? Did we say review? Oh, give a review. Ooh. I feel like every week we give a, a how to work your social media quick hit. Do all the things that your social media uh, chooses you to do. Bingo. We are still on the journey for more YouTube followers. Be sure to get on board. 100 subscribers and we will give away prizes. What will they be? Only those that subscribe will know. Uh, you can get 
ding the bell, as Jim says, to get your notifications. Get that bell on. So you can see and listen to new videos as they come up. Uh, before we get into any any more, Jim, I uh, want you give everybody the information on how they can get involved in this year's Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff Bowl Pick'em. Uh, I don't know how we're going to do that, Muff. It's uh, it's on ESPN. We'll have the link on Facebook. We'll we'll post put it on Facebook. Uh, we can't put. It'll be in our link tree on the Instagram. Yeah, there you go. We'll put it on the Twitter. You can click on, but basically you just click on to the sports stuff. What did we name it, Muff? Was it sports stuff? Ball pick them round two. Well, Both if you click if you if you click on the link, you will go directly and you can sign up and you can get involved. This is facilitated yeah. through which is it ESPN you said? ESPN. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's free to enter. We will be giving out prizes. Prizes to be determined probably this week. I can guarantee I'm, it'll be a, a something from Harper and Company. Mm-hmm. It will mm-hmm. it'll definitely be stickers. And I'm probably going to do a hot sauce um, segue away from the contest for a second. We will be having our own bowl get together, the three of us, hopefully. If not, just me and Muff waiting on Alex's busy social life. Yeah. Muff, I have a hot sauce from New Mexico. You have a, you have a hot, hot sauce that has scorpion pepper in it. Okay. And, and it is, I haven't opened it, but I had three of them. I had the, which should have been the mild get you, one. Get you, get you. I had the, the, the middle one, which should have been tame, or the, the lighter one should have been tame. The middle one should have been, oh, okay. And this hot one that I'm saving for this occasion. And let me just say, the middle one made me sweat. <laughs> the middle one made me sweat. Like, is this uh, to pull to pull from the way back? Is this uh, a gentleman we know by the name of Pat doing the hot wing challenge at Quaker Steak and Lube shortly after he was no longer involved in a relationship? Yes. <laughs> so I cannot wait till we get the scorpion pepper at our bowl uh, get together. We will give that a, a YouTube segment. Why? Ugh. I'm so not excited about that, but excited at the same time. It will be chicken related. It will be chicken related, and it will also potentially be vomit related. Oh, it's going to be hot. I don't. <laughs> Your daughters are not allowed to be around for that segment. They're not that's allowed to hear that... those words from my mouth. <laughs> that's absolutely true. Uh, uh, in world, it's free pee. What is that, Alex? Make sure you wash your hands very good before you pee. Thank you. Thank you for that reminder. I feel like that's a good reminder. That's why you need to be there that day. Alex, remind us of these things. <laughs> Wait, wash your hands. <laughs> uh, speaking of things from the world that are sometimes hurtful, the United States loses their round of 16 matchup to the Netherlands 3-1 to in an all-around disappointment for the United States squad as they couldn't capitalize on early opportunities and the Dutch made the most of theirs. And that was freaky dinky Dutch. To advance to the quarterfinals, I don't. I have no other World Cup discussion, and I feel like it's time for us to cut off World Cup discussion for the rest. Well, America's done now, so. Well, so they're young players. The next one's in twenty twenty six. Hopefully, they are maturing. They can uh, handle the big moments at that point. 
No, they definitely showed improvement compared to like other years when we they suck. I mean, I think there we need not the country, but somebody needs to invest in the program a little bit. Make sure those players are bought in, and let's have a better showing when it's in the United States, Mexico, and Canada in 2026. That is true. I appreciate that. And thank you to our senior uh, World Cup correspondent, Andrew, who brought us some glimmer of hope of what could be for the United States in Qatar. Alex, update on the Penguins. The Pittsburgh Penguins are 13, 8, and 4. They are now fourth in the Metropolitan Division. They are tied in points with the Islanders for third, but uh, the head-to-head, so they are fourth. This past week, they took down Jim's Golden Knights 4-3 to three last ah, Thursday. Ah, 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 that happened. That and happened. They're, and they're, fet- faced, they're set to face one of Jim's other teams, the Columbus Blue Jackets, this Tuesday at home. So. That's my number three team. Do how are you feeling about that matchup, Jim? Oh, Penguins! Penguins big! Penguins huge! Penguins by a million. It's gonna be rough. Uh, you have any other thoughts on it? any of your favorite teams, Jim? Uh, the Kraken are still second in their division, behind the Golden Knights, and I will be purchasing a Kraken uh, hat. I'm, they got some sweet hats, so for Christmas, I'm I'm looking for a Kraken uh, hat. All right. Kraken hat. Kraken hat. So, as number two team, I still don't think it's bad to have a hat, right? Like, no. As opposed to the Golden Knights. I don't like the Golden Knights uh, merch. Yeah. No, you can have whatever you want. I'm not really judgy when it comes to that, you know? If you like yeah. it, you got it, flaunt it. You're a sports guy. There you go. Sports guys are allowed to do sports guy things. There you go. So. And with all that being said, let's get into the show. Our opinions aren't too tough, rough, or gruff. We are proof that you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. So just shut up and sit down. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. <laughs> And NFL Week 13 Breakdown. Breakdown. In NFL Week 13, we start on Thursday Night Football as the Bills take on the Patriots. The Buffalo Bills beat Bill Belichick and company behind a solid effort from Josh Allen and the crew winning 24-10. to 10. They did. They won the week and didn't even have to play today. So, they... Yeah. Uh, so Josh Allen like notoriously likes red zone. I'm an NFL red zone watcher. And they tweeted this morning something about like can't wait to get on the couch or whatever because they weren't playing. So he's going back and forth with them. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And in Sunday, starting with the early games, we have the Packers taking on the Bears. The Packers and Aaron Rodgers continue to own the Bears using a late Christian Watson touchdown run for 46 yards out to put this one out of reach, winning 28-29 to at Soldier Field. Alex? Oh. Oh, I, why is it going with Alex? Why are we going to Alex? Because uh, I put a note in here. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aaron Rodgers offered a salute to the home Chicago crowd at the end of the game. It, it like it, well, well, it was right before Chicago tried that last final drive, and I slowly over time like him less and less. I, 
I don't know why. Usually I don't mind a little bit of like good sport, but I feel like he's just a cocky. He's a cheeky bastard. You know, cheeky bastard. It's not funny to me when he does it. Like sometimes that's funny, but I feel like he's mean. (laughs) I think there's a a slash of arrogance and disconnect with the common fan. It's not like um, super pumped up, you know, like I like guys that are into it. Like I, I like that, but I don't really like taunting fans and stuff. I, I think that's weird. My thing is, is that I did not like him during the Brett Favre switch. Yeah, and again, I think it was very much because like Sticky Finger Favre, before we knew he was Sticky Fingers, was like the common man. Yeah, and Rogers is that California kid. He's the Jeff Gordon. He's he's that guy that's not cold. He's he's cold trickle of the NFL. For you Days of Thunder fans, yeah, you don't like him. You just want to run him into the wall. Get it? But he's still good. Not knocking him. He has great talent, but you just want to drive him into the wall. Yep. I for one am not. Uh... Like I say, I fully support giving people a salute at the end of the game, uh, but I you kind of enjoy it. I do appreciate the fact See? that he plays into the let's let's be real. If the these villain. fans if these fans see each other in a side alley somewhere and they eye each other up, something's about to happen. And I feel like he gets that and uh, represents the fans when he goes into Soldier Field because. What are they going to do to him? That's what I think. You are the cold trickle of the podcast. That's fair enough. Steelers taking on the Falcons with an above 500 record continuing to slip away. The Steelers find their way in a game against the Falcons, winning 19-16, to thanks to a late interception from Minka Fitzpatrick to ice the game. Connor Hayward gets the lone touchdown for the Steelers, while Nicole Pruitt grabs the only touchdown for the Falcons, Field goal kicker's paradise in this one. Oof. Steelers win. Steelers win. Steelers win. That's the only thing that matters. Except for that, if it, Patrick would have ran that into the end zone. Yeah, let's not talk about what it does to the betting show. They won. <laughs> More to come on Thursday. I will take the win. Oh, did actions. anyone else see? Did you guys see Najee Harris push, like, literally just shove the Falcons defender into the dirt, like bounced him like a basketball, just like went boom. And the guy literally like, yes, I did not realize how, how much of it was like that until I saw the replay. Yes. It was forceful. My question is how do y'all feel about the Steelers? Like what is your general outlook on Steeler life? I mean, this year's not ever going to get better. Really? It's not going to be good. I said in general, I didn't mean this year. Oh, I think there's potential. Yeah, if they're above 500, this year I will be more than happy. Like, perfect. As far as looking towards next year, uh, <clears throat> there are definitely some offensive line issues that needs to be addressed. There needs to be a refueling of the defensive line because Cam Hayward can't be there forever. And we need to figure out the wide receiver situation. George Pickens didn't was not happy today because he wasn't getting targeted uh, Deontay Johnson had not been happy earlier. He was not getting targeted, which it is wide receivers. We understand that's a diva thing from time to time. 
but it does not appear that Deontay Johnson is going to be the number one receiver of the future for Pittsburgh, in my opinion. Okay. All right. Pat Fryermuth, number one tight end. George Pickens, a great number two for the moment. We got Najee Harris is the future back. And Jalen Warren and Benny Snell. They have a good running back situation, but the offensive line needs to get figured out. I think Najee Harris has looked better since Jalen Warren started taking over because he's not so just gassed. This took a turn. I didn't want this to to go too long. Sorry. Let's, let's get out of Yinzer Town. Come on. Now, if this was if this was Ohio State, we would be okay. But the Steelers. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Moving you on. Yes, no, they make a Kraken pizza cutter. Wow. Moving on to the goddamn Jets taking on the Vikings. The Jets can't punch it in late from inside the five, and the Vikings do what they need to do to ice away a needed win, beating the Jets 27-22 in a game that saw Mike White toss two interceptions on 57 tosses, tosses in 369 yards. Garrett Wilson had 162 yards receiving. In the losing effort, Justin Jefferson grabs another reception touchdown. Dalvin Cook, Alex Madison getting rushing touchdowns for the Vikes. Did you see Alex Madison's celebration? Touchdown celebration? Yes. That was pretty funny. <laughs> the fake, The fake injury to the twerk. And then, yeah, I think that's like a TikTok thing. I uh, I think that I saw the last little bit of this because I thought it's blessed to see a lot of the games here in Central Ohio. Um, but the Jets are making a nice comeback for that late interception. The Jets aren't out of the season; like they're in the hunt for the wild card. No, I mean compared to other Jet seasons, they they're doing just fine. I think they need to sort out this quarterback issue and they'll be in good shape. Is Mike White the quarterback of the uh, present or of the present the and present. future? I think I don't know. I don't know. Be honest, but teach their own. He did you see some of the players wearing Mike White shirts? Yes, I did see that today. <laughs> Funny stuff. Next we have the Jags taking on the Lions. The Lions dominate this from start to end, beating the Jags 42-14 as Amon Ross St. Brown catches two touchdowns from Jared Goff and Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, each rush one in. Trevor Lawrence comes back to earth after a big game last week, only throwing for 179 yards and one touchdown. Super Bowl bound. <laughs> I think the bigger... This the is bigger a reaction Monday. Me, yeah. The bigger thing for me is what do you do with the Jaguars, if you're ownership and management, like how do you get them to be consistent and good? Um, Good question, Jim. If the ownership can figure that out, then they should probably make the blueprint. Yeah. No, I mean, like there's, you can look at the Steelers and be like, well, there's a couple pieces here. You look at the Chargers and you can go get rid of the coaching and the ownership, sell the team. Like you look at the Bears or or, or even Cincinnati go offensive line. <laughs> the Jaguars, like, what is it? What is it that keeps them from being consistently good? Right now, I think it is their line and offensive weapon power. Obviously, their defense did not perform well today, but I think it's line play and some of those key skill skill positions right now. They've just been trying to like fill in the skill positions, especially at wide receiver. Like I think ATN is the is the long-term solution at running back, 
but we also know that running backs have a shelf Short, life of like yeah. two to four years. So they're good for the next few years there, but now we've got to figure out wide receiver. And that has been an area that they've just tried to bring in free agents and hasn't worked out. Do you trade ETN at the end of his deal for some draft picks? I At this point, I don't see draft picks. They haven't been able to draft well either. I mean, aside from, I mean, they granted you've got Lawrence and ETN, which is a good draft stock, but I don't think, I think they need some pieces now. I don't think they have time to wait two to three years to develop. Okay. Fair enough. Titans taking on the Eagles. The Eagles continue to show their dominance, dispatching of the Titans 35 to 10 behind three touchdown passes and one touchdown run from Jalen Hurts. Hertz found A.J. Brown for two scores and Devontae Smith for another. The Titans could only muster 209 total yards with Derrick Henry only tallying 30 yards on the ground on 11 carries. Yeah, it was rough for the Titans today. Yeah, very rough. Very rough. Very hard. Bad, bad, bad. Not to mention that Traylon Burks, their promising young wide receiver, went out with a concussion in this game. Oh. Browns take on the Texans. Deshaun Watson returns for the Browns, but it may as well have been Tim Couch back on the field for this one as the defense and special teams comes up huge for the Browns. With a punt return touchdown, a fumble return touchdown, and an interception touchdown for touch for return for a touchdown on the way to a 27-14 win. Watson 12-22 for 131 and an INT in his Browns debut. I have a question. Um, Simply, I just need clarification. I had the kids in the house. We're getting things, you know, situated, cleaning, decorating. And I had it on the TV on mute for that game. Mm -hmm. I saw... In the press box, what seemed to be several women, children, but a lot of women wearing the number four jersey. I'm hoping they were his family and not his accusers. I did not see this. this. No, did not. Like, I'm hoping, please, listeners, I'm not trying to make a joke. I really just need it clarified for me. Like, was there a press box of his family? If that was his family, holy shit, he got a lot of people in that press box. If it was the, his accusers wearing the number four jersey, how the hell did that, how did they pull that off? I'm going to guess family and friends. It was a lot. Why would they be wearing his jersey if you're accusers? That would mess with somebody, wouldn't it? Yeah, I just don't think that they. I I feel like if someone did, like upset you that bad, that you wouldn't like care to. Well, he got booed like to make that kind of show of it. I I don't know. It was very weird. And again, my TV was on mute. I wasn't. You know, yeah. I could be totally off base, but like the visual was like that is weird. Who's calling the game? Uh, mute team. I didn't know. I wasn't. Uh, gonna you kept to it muted the whole time. The whole time. Okay, that's what was true. Okay. No idea. Huh. Uh, let's see. See if anybody has anything on that. Commanders taking on the Giants in a game where Taylor Heineke showed up to the stadium as a Peaky Blinder. He did he two- really? Yeah, he had yes. he had on the the cap 
he had on a uh, a timepiece, three piece suit. He had on the whole. The somebody whole get that. Somebody get that on our Instagram, please, or send it to me. I need to see this. That is amazing. You can find it real quick if you just start searching around. I'm I'm, I'm trying. Uh, I'm also looking for the Deshaun thing. Yeah, he tossed two touchdowns for the Commanders, and the Giants used a balanced attack to keep up pace, only for this game to get to overtime where no one scored, and the game ends in a 20-20 tie. (sighs) Tie again. Is that the third tie this year? I think so. It seems like a lot. Um, In other news for the Commanders, after last week's debacle of an unveiling, the Commanders all wore number... 21 decals on their helmets on the 15th anniversary of Sean Taylor's death. Sunday was also the unveiling of the Sean Taylor Legacy Project merchandise line. This oh, one, so it's better than the mannequin they put up? The merchandise line was designed by his daughter, Jackie, Thank and you. all of the proceeds going will go towards gun violence prevention initiatives. And hopefully a better <laughs> freaking statue. That is the hope. Did you guys find anything fun? No, I didn't see anything on the press. No, box. I'm just basically a group of women who accused him had planned to attend the game. Right. That's what I thought. I had heard that previously. And that's what yeah. I'm like, is that really what I'm um, looking this at? This is a group of women who accused him of sexual harassment and assault during massages had planned to attend the game. Attorney Tony Busby, who represents the woman, didn't respond to a text message seeking to confirm their attendance. He said earlier in the week about 10 women wanted to attend to kind of make the statement, hey, we're still here. We still matter. That's what I thought they were doing. But I don't know if that was them or not. It's just I gotta get to the bottom of it. He got booed a lot. In he the did. last game of the early game slate, Broncos take on the Ravens. Tyler Huntley steps in for an injured Lamar Jackson who left with a knee injury and wills the Ravens past the reeling Broncos 10 to 9. Huntley led Baltimore with 91 yards, 16 plays on its final possession, capping it with a two-yard touchdown run with 28 seconds remaining. Harbaugh says that Jackson's injury isn't season-ending and he should be back next weekend. I cannot watch any more Broncos games. They're like watching effing paint. Yes. Yes. Okay. I was like, where's he going with this? But yes. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. And you would think with their defense against Tyler Huntley's not a bad backup. Like he's he's done what he needs to do whenever he's had to step in. Uh you would think that the Broncos defense should be able to to take this one down, especially with a lead. We were wrong. We were wrong. Yeah. Jim, I sent you that reel. I found I found an actual picture of the old Peaky Blinder Tyler here. Well, I found you a video of his Epic. walk-in. Epic. Except he's wearing <clears throat> blue and it needs to be black, but whatever. You'll let it go this once. I'm gonna let it go. Good. This is the this is good. This is the way to dress up. I like this. Yeah. In the late games on Sunday, the Dolphins taking on the 49ers. The 49ers lose Jimmy G early in this one. So insert Brock Purdy. Who? He ste- exactly. He steps it's in. Very relevant. And you would think this would be the benefit of the Dolphins, their hot offense, and a <laughs> less than stellar offense led by Brock Purdy. But you would be wrong. The 49ers outgun, outscore, and outplay the Dolphins all the way. To a 33-17 win. Purdy tossed not one, but two touchdowns. The defense got a late pick six to ice this one away. Tua tosses for 295, two touchdowns, two interceptions. And Tyreek Hill has another big day for the Dolphins. All right. 
Yeah, I so I was watching this game and I placed a same gun parlay and I picked four touchdown scores. If Jalen Waddle would have scored a touchdown, I would have won five hundred dollars off a dollar off a one dollar bet. I had I didn't even say anything because I didn't want to jinx it. It felt like the no hitter. And when Tyreek Hill, it was so it's Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Kyle Yuschek, and Trent Sherfield. Trent Sherfield scored right off the bat. I was like, sweet. That was like, I know. And the second one's Kyle Yuschek. So my last two are Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I'm like, the most. Yes, those are like the ones that were supposed to be the gimmies. Yeah. Tyreek Hill ended up scoring. Jalen Waddle didn't have his best game in the world and did not score. The only time there was a cash out option was right whenever Kyle Yuschek first scored and it was like 40 bucks. And I was like, at that point, I'm gonna let it ride because right that's too big of a difference. But then there was no more. I was hoping if like Tyree Kill once he scored, there'd be another cash out option, but there never was. Yeah. How do we feel about the long term viability of the 49ers if Jimmy G has to miss any length of time, which is more than two or three weeks? I don't know. They look they looked fine with Brock Purdy in. Right? Like I feel like it's a flash in the pan, unfortunately. Well, yeah, no, I don't think it's a long time thing, but I think that if it's like hopefully just a couple weeks, but I don't know. We will see. Seahawks taking on the Rams. Seahawks covering this one, expecting to draw blood early and get an easy win. No Matt Stafford, no Aaron Donald, but John Walford, Cam Akers, and the Rams have other thoughts. The Seahawks do end up with a late touchdown to DK Metcalf to regain the lead and beat the Rams 27 to 23, improving to seven and five on the season. Alex, give us all of the stat lines that we need to know about West Virginia Mountaineers. We have the Gino stat line of the day. He went 28 for 39 with 367 yards and three touchdowns and one interception. That Stafford was placed on IR earlier in the week with no timetable on his return. I'm telling you, I think he's done. It might be done career-wise. Might be done, done. I mean, if I were him, I might ride off in the sunset. Got that ring. Got that ring. Great. Chargers taking on the Raiders. The Raiders win their third in a row behind behind strong performances from Derek Carr. Josh Jacobs and Devonta Adams to propel them to a 27 to 20 win as the Chargers can't get a much needed win for their playoff hopes in the AFC falling to six and six Herbert throws for 300 plus and a touchdown and Keenan Allen grabs a touchdown pass in a losing effort. Jim, how are you feeling about the charges? I hate them. I hate them. It bothers me. I hate them. Um, the coaching is bad. They're still depleted on their weapons. If I'm ownership, I'm looking at this team going, we have this star quarterback. Why aren't we surrounding him with the best? We are not Cincinnati. Like, we can't just fake it till we make it. And even Cincinnati put legitimate people, like a couple of legitimate people around Joe Burrow. Like, we have to... We have to invest more. You have to care about the damn team. Ownership doesn't, and they have it my entire life. You play to win the game. I'm an NFL owner. That's all they care about is to be able to say that. Oh, God. Next topic. Chiefs taking on the Bengals. 
The Chiefs are no longer the big dogs in the AFC as the Bills now hold that distinction thanks to the Bengals tossing their way to a 27-24 win over the Chiefs. Joe Burrow tosses two touchdowns on 286 yards passing, and Samaje Perrine adds a 100-yard rushing performance with a Burrow rushing touchdown to pace the Bengals. Jamar Chase returns to the lineup and grabs seven catches for the Bengals. If I am... Cincinnati's ownership management coaching. I am begging everybody to stay put one more year. Let me solidify that line. And then I'm going to take on the world. The world? Yeah. Is this Ohio against the world? I truly believe that. Joe Burrow is... they They need to study him. I don't think he has a like an adrenal gland. I don't think he gets amped up. Medical Jenner, am I right here? Did I use the? Did I? Yeah. If he, you don't think he gets amped up? You're saying yes. Like he's just very calm. Yeah, all the time. I mean, yes, your adrenals release some adrenaline, so I guess medically, but I think he has them. He like there was a guy staring him down at the end of the, like the last two minutes, like in his face, about to crush him, and he made a hell of a pass. And I'm just like, I poop my pants. Yeah, no, he's he's calm, cool, and collected at all times. He's got ace in his veins. Speaking of ice in people's veins, Matty Ice and the Colts taking on the Cowboys right now. The mm-hmm. game is ten to seven Colts. It is. They just just scored. I try to tell you all. Towards the end of the first quarter. Tons of time, Jim. Tons of time. What are you trying to tell us all? What did you try to tell us? I didn't think the Cowboys win over the Giants was that big of a, of a statement. And I don't think the Giants are dead. I don't think the Cowboys are great. I don't think. Did we say they were? There's, there's one you say you try to tell us. I'm not sure what. You talked me out of. You, oh. you, you, you besmirched the Giants oh. during the betting show. Oh, you know, you have to bet your own lines, Jim. I agree. And I'm going to do that this Thursday when we do the betting show. Props to the betting show. Listen to the betting show. But I, I don't think the Cowboys are that good. TBD. Monday Night Football. We have the Saints taking on the Bucks. Our picks are in, and they are. Mm, Bucks. Jim. Saints. Bucks to, Bucks to like, cover to get me a six and one this week. Best bets. Now, Ooh. like I'm glad you said that before because I didn't know what your game was, and now it's not a spike pick. So I'm definitely in, in favor of the Saints. Because you want them to lose. Now it's a spike pick. Now it's now it's a spike pick. But it wasn't what I said at the beginning, so I'm clear. Okay. That makes your I mean, but you just reiterated it, so I think it means you're not in the clear. Well, 50 50. That wraps up uh, wraps up NFL week 13 and brings us to this week's college football breakdown. Yeah. Oh, we see how somebody's a lot more excited to talk about the college football breakdown this week, even though his team didn't even play. I very well could be, Muff. I very well could be. <sighs> We'll run through the championship games in each of the conferences, and then we will chat about 
the college football playoff, which was revealed on Sunday, and some bowls and some Heisman and some other things that are going on in and around college football, starting on Friday with the Pac-12 championship. Utah taking on USC. Utah and Cam Rising have the remedy for USC and Caleb Williams, putting the Heisman hopeful on the defensive most of the night with a hamstring injury. And the Utes are victorious, 47-24. to Rising and Williams both have three touchdown passes, but the Utes get more done on the ground to take the Pac-12 crown. Yeah, the uh, Utah in the second half, I mean, I started watching at halftime. I had prior obligations before, but I think Utah came out guns, freaking smoking, blazing. And I told I could have told you from the first you know, three plays of the game that it was over. They just looked good. Not first three plays of the game. Of the, of the second half, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. From the middle of the second quarter on, Utah yes. dominated this game. Yes. Uh, Cam- I wish, I wish, I wish that Caleb Williams would have been healthy for the whole game because I think it would have been like an all-time type game. I yeah, like all-time great game. Yeah. All-time great game, like as oh, far yeah. as especially the conference championship level. Yeah. yeah. And I wish for a couple reasons. Cam Rising... When he know when he's got a good feel, he plays with a chip on his shoulder when he thinks that he can win. If Caleb Williams, like like if he smells blood in the water, you know what I mean? Like he's like, Oh, I got this. If Cam Williams was healthy, I wonder if if Caleb Williams was healthy, I wonder if Cam rising would have been as much swag. Okay. I really want to know. Like I want to. That's the matchup. I I would watch it again. Run it back. Put it in the, put that as the Rose Bowl. Give me the Rose Bowl like that. And I don't. I hate to be smirch Penn State because I like that outcome too. But I want to see it again. I want to see everybody healthy. Real bad. Real bad. Real bad. Uh, in this game, there was discussion amongst the group. Uh, was this the middle of the third quarter ish? Yeah. About right. Uh, yeah. Was it the fourth? Not the fourth. It was either the end of the second or start of the, or the beginning of the third. Okay, I think this is in the third quarter. Cam Rising <clears throat> scrambled outside the right side of the pocket and got lit up, and about the just outside the hash between the hash and the sideline. Yep. There was discussion amongst the group as well as within the game if this was a targeting foul. It was targeting because he lowered his head. Was it targeting or was it just one of those hits that looked so nasty? Uh, he, I agree. And the replays for me, when he lowered his head. But made targeting. contact with his shoulder. That's the, that's Did the. Did he trick. though? If yeah. he made, if he would have hit him dead center in his chest, he was, he was coming at an angle. His like, head touched he the him, other guy's head. He had him quartered. That like, as far he- the as head's touched. Him. The head's touched, or part of his helmet touched the bottom of that man's face. The mask top of that man's, as he was glancing and hit him with the shoulder. The top of that man's helmet glanced the bottom of his hit face. The, mask. Hit the face mask. That doesn't right. make it. It doesn't automatically make it targeting. Jim. And glanced it, knocked the helmet another. It looked five like yards needed, back. He needed a better helmet. Oh, buddy, I'm I'm going to rewatch the hit right now. Alex in real time is going to give his thoughts. <laughs> It's supposed to be a heads up all the time. No, it's not. That is not accurate, Jim. 
They, they call it heads up football. I like, just that's what they're like trying to teach little kids. They're trying to teach them how to tackle like rugby players, which is not heads up football. It's I, tackling to the side. I think that the, the program's literally heads up football, Muff. Like if, if his helmet wouldn't have flown off, would it have looked so bad? Yes, it would have been ugly. I mean, it was, yes, you're right. It's sort of ugly. But like, would you have thought it was targeting or like there was head contact if his helmet didn't fly off? Yeah, I, again, the head coming down for the USC player, I don't like the, the way it was down. I don't. Just because mm-hmm. you don't like the way it was down doesn't mean he didn't lead. He didn't lead with his head into his chest. He did. Uh, and he did lead with his head. He but not into his leg. chest. It, not into his YouTube chest. YouTube people, you're blessed because I don't he, know how to explain this, but his head was down. His, I mean, in the side of the USC guy's head, I guess, does hit face mask was it glancing as muff says or does it legitimately hit oh it's it's legitimately hitting but it's this but here's the thing it's not the crown of the guy's helmet that hits his face and that's that's the only contention i'm like well if that's the letter of the law it's it's targeting it's like he comes in like this and i think why muff's saying glancing is because this like it was a serious contact but it's the side of the usc player's helmet hitting Camerizing's face mask. Yeah, and if that if it's the crown is what we're yes, indicating. If it would have been like this. Yeah. If that's the letter of the law for targeting, okay, I can't argue that. But for me and my like conscience, I don't like the way he lowered his head. I just I don't. I think it's dangerous for him. It was a dangerous play. I think it's dangerous for for Cam Rising. I just that's if me. If they would have called it targeting, I would have been like, okay, I see where that. But because they didn't call it targeting, I also am like, yeah, I, I see that reasoning as well. And that's where I landed eventually was like, okay. Because Joe was like, Joe, my wife hates targeting. Like she thinks if, you, if you're if you legitimately targeting, you are a cheater and should be banished. So she <laughs> saw it. I was like, yeah, I agree. Like that's targeting. And then I thought I you were going to. I thought you were gonna say that Joe like hated targeting. Like you're soft. Like quit calling. It. No, no, she hates targeting. So when I, I for that too, Alex. When yes. I saw targeting, and then I heard him explain it wasn't the crown of the helmet. I was like, "All right, like that makes sense." But it doesn't feel right to me that you lower your head and come in like that. Yeah. So does it feel right to you when a running back lowers their head going through the hole? I agree with that. I don't like that either. Right. You got to remember who I am and like my background, off. Like, and I don't want to get into it on the show. Yeah. I don't like when that possible neck injuries. I I just don't. Like that poor guy from Rutgers. Yeah. No, I, I saw agree that live. I hate that shit. That was, it makes me want to, that's the part of football makes me want to not watch football. That, that possible neck injury shit. Got it. Well. It wasn't targeting, as they call it on the field. Yeah, and I don't disagree with that. In the Conference USA action, North Texas taking on the Beep Beeps, the Roadrunners of University of Texas, San Antonio, and the Beep Beeps take down North Texas 48-27. to What time was that game? It was about the same time. They were, like, simultaneously happening, I think. Well, uh, no wonder that didn't get watched. (laughs) They were both Friday evening. Getting us into Saturday action, Toledo taking on Ohio in the MAC championship. Toledo wins the MAC, beating Ohio seventeen to seven. Disappointing. Brought me great disappointment. Ohio still won. Yeah, but I, I had money on the Ohio. Hey, Ohio. So Ohio. I, oh, what? What? <laughs> Excuse me. Who'd you I, have money on? I don't know. I wanted to put the V in that situation. I have a um confession to make. Mm-hmm. 
So I thought that I bet Toledo. So I watched this game and was pumped. I'm like, yes. And then I looked at my FanDuel account. And I'm like, well, I, don't know, but I thought I won that. Maybe I like had a different spread or something. And I looked and it was Tulane. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. That one won. That one did win as well. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But it was like funny. I was like, yeah, all right. Like I watched the game sitting there. Like and I was like, well, I watched Toledo versus Ohio. So it's a T school in a non-power five matchup. Yeah, exactly. In the Sun Belt, Coastal Carolina taking on Troy. Grayson McCall was a game time decision for this one and ends up playing, but Troy is too much for the Chanticleers. Our guys and the Trojans win forty-five to twenty-six. And then you hear about all the coaching drama. I feel like. We didn't know that coming in, or I would have bet that I would have bet differently. Yeah, we no. would have bet it right because none of us bet on. That. I would have bet Troy for sure. Troy looked like I watched bits and pieces of this game. It was on a, another TV, and um, Troy like kind of dominated from the get go. There was never really any hope for the the Chanticleers. Yeah, like if I had known that, I definitely would have swayed me huge, 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 huge. Getting to the Mountain West, Fresno State taking on Boise State. Boise came into this one undefeated in conference play, but Fresno State had other ideas as they win the Mountain West 28-16. Next. In the, I in the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, Central Florida takes on Tulane. Tulane becomes the highest group of five champion thanks to their 45-28 to win over UCF. Michael Pritt. Pritt Throws for four touchdowns, and Tajay Spears runs for almost 200 yards for the green wave in the win. Go ahead. Yeah, no. Thank you. Very courteous of you. This was a fun game for me to watch. I enjoyed this one a lot. Just to watch, even though I had money on it, it was still fun to watch. No, I agree. It was a good game. I was just going to make a comment that I think Tulane's uniforms are ugly as heck. Oh, yeah. Weird. Like baby blue and green just doesn't go together. No, I agree. It was I was I was like, is this some kind of special like um are they honoring something? You know what I mean? Like uh, I, and I was like, no, I think they just are wearing ugly uniforms. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I'm glad other people thought that. I think that's just their their style. <clears throat> In the ACC championship, Clemson takes on North Carolina and Clemson replaces DJ. Uyunglele early in this one. Good job. Cade Klubnik into the mix, who leads the Tigers to a 39-10 win in the ACC crown over North Carolina and star freshman Drake May. I had the... I had an experience where I had... I watched this game with my father-in-law, who's from North Carolina, and he was rooting for Clemson, and I've never had an experience (laughs) sitting next to somebody rooting for Clemson in my house. Was that hard for you? It was uncomfortable. Does he know that you don't like Dabo? I told him as much, and he still kept <laughs> going. And I was just like, because my father-in-law, I love him. He's a great guy. Um, I mean, he he hates Michigan through and through just simply because I hate Michigan through and through. And he could tell you some stories about Michigan people be, that he confronted them. Like, he's a great guy. But for him to root on Clemson, as much hate as I have for Dabo, I was just like, I'm going to let this go because of your hate for Michigan, and you've adopted that. But this is rough for me. It was it was hard. Not not easy for you. What so what's the the uh the hate or the at least dislike of North Carolina for somebody from North Carolina? And I'm sure I can have Joe on, but 
they believe that North Carolina is stuck up? Chapel Hill, yes. The University of North Carolina Chapel Hill is the private, right? When you think of it, it has the private school mentality, public school, but private school mentality. Odd for me. It's the, right, it has that preparatory academy type of vibe to it. Duke? Right, that's why they're such heated rivals, because I think they... One is the, you know, one of the, one of the, if not the oldest public schools in America, which gives it some level of status, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Duke is the premier private school in that area. So I think one thinks they're a private school. The other one is a private school. Ah, hence the rivalry. Yes. Hence why people hate North Carolina. Correct. It's very uncomfortable. This is, that is why NC State and North Carolina is a rivalry in that in that vein because North Carolina State is a state school and more of the traditional state school as you would think of it. North mm. Carolina at Chapel Hill is like has the feel of the private school. Ugh, it's gross. SEC championship LSU takes on Georgia. Georgia cements their number one ranking with a 50 to 30 win over Brian Kelly and who put that in there? No idea. Uh, would this have been oh, a different game? Just jumped in. <laughs> I think so. Would this have been a different game if Daniels was fully healthy? Hell no. No. This so this game I almost texted you guys. I think I've made the comment several times that Georgia, when Georgia plays a team that is good, comes out and is on. And I really think sometimes they kick down like their ability a notch and save they're up. There's a chance. Save up for the no, I just I think that they're gonna smack Ohio State. Is what I'm getting at. I think uh, I'm saying that they they like watching them play that first half against LSU. There was not a chance in hell that LSU could even consider hanging in that game. But you almost see them take like a notch back, and they're like, "All right, we're good." But we're gonna come out and make this statement, mm-hmm. and we're now we're gonna play our game. Yeah. But it's like if they need to kick it up, they can kick it up. I don't see anyone beating Georgia. I agree. Which brings us to the Big 12 championship. Kansas State taking on TCU. TCU takes a page from the Oregon playbook, unable to punch it in to the end zone, losing to Kansas State in overtime after no points on their first possession. Kansas State gets a field goal to win 31-28. to And, and that one hurts because they came down and had that last-second drive. And in my mind, I'm like, yes, they're going to do it again. They're going to get a late-second heroics win, and they did not. I will say... Max Duggan, he's a dog in this one. Yeah, didn't get the outcome he wanted, but he I, think he, I think he won. I think he won some hearts in America. Yes. Yeah, they. I mean, it was just a good fought game. It really was. It was a good game to watch. It was. It's a good game. Jim, any thoughts? Not right now. Not right now. <laughs> Which brings us to the Big Ten Championship. Purdue taking on Michigan. Michigan starts out slow, but handles their business against Purdue, winning 43-22 to in Indianapolis. Jim, any thoughts on Michigan winning the Big Ten Championship? I'm really glad they didn't blow it. Do you think there would have been an issue if they did? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, he says. Yes. Oh, yes. All right. Which 
breaks down all the conference championship championships that we're going to chat about and brings us into the polls, ultimately leading to the college football playoff. Playoffs? Playoffs, Jim. So we're doing the polls? Okay, do AP the coaches and then talk AP, about what we think. Georgia in the AP, Michigan, TCU, Ohio State, Bama, Tennessee, Utah, USC, Penn State, Clemson. The coaches poll, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, TCU, Bama, Tennessee, Penn State, USC, Kansas State, Utah. And then the only one that really matters, let's be honest, the college football playoff, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, Ohio State, top four. Then Bama and Tennessee, five, six. Clemson, seven. Utah, eight. Kansas State, nine. USC, ten. Jim, before you get started, you put Ohio State on your top ten twice. Good looking out, sir. Good looking <laughs> you cannot out. have them. <laughs> I know Good. that you like them, but you Good. cannot have them twice. I think out. you meant to have Tennessee in the number three spot then, Jim. No, I'm no, joking. no. I'm joking. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yours, never mind. Who's left? Oh. But, <laughs> I love watching. Right. I, love, right. I love watching Jim type. <laughs> I got the small Mac keyboard. I got to get that fixed. All right. So I'll go first. You know what? I'm going to go first. And it's going to cause controversy, but because you're the most contentious of all of these, because yeah. you literally Georgia, did shit just to stir the pot. There's no way you believe some of this. Go on. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State three, Bama four, Tennessee or TCU out, Tennessee six, Penn State at seven, uh, Washington. No, I have Kansas State at nine. Who's at eight? I'm working on it, Moff. USC at Kansas State at eight, USC at at nine, Utah, Utah at ten. No wait, reverse that. Utah yeah, at say, nine. Do that right now. USC at ten. Kansas State. Okay. All right. I think Jim smokes crack, but go ahead, Alex. Why I, not? I'm just going to give my my order right now. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Michigan. Number three, TCU. Number four, OSU. Number five, Tennessee. Number six, Bama. Number seven, Utah. Number eight, Kansas State. Number nine, Penn State. And the number 10, I really have a hard time between Clemson and USC. I think Clemson maybe earned my 10 because they won their conference championship. But USC is every bit as good as them i think and played a harder team and such so yeah alex and i have similar overall uh i go georgia michigan tcu ohio state so i follow the the playoff for the top four i then have tennessee at five over bama who's at six i have penn state at seven usc at eight kansas state at nine and utah at ten so you think that usc should still be ranked higher than utah after that game usc yeah I, i just i don't know they lost there's, Utah twice. There's no good reason for it. It just is what it is. But they're they're both of their losses are against top ten teams. Yeah. All right. So, so I'm, I'm gonna take charge here for a hot it's second. It's tough. It's tough. I'm just gonna take. A, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take charge for a second here. I'm gonna listen. He's just okay. I have. I definitely put Bama in to piss off Alex. So I'm gonna take that back for a hot minute. Okay. Thank you. Are you really? 
Georgia, Michigan are one and two. We all agree. Yes. I don't understand how in the history of what we've done, like college football, TCU lost. They should drop. So Ohio State lost. And dropped. And then didn't play. And then didn't play, so they go back up? Because everybody else dropped out. That's how it goes. Like, if no, people lose in front of you, you drop up. That has I've always said you can't climb been. if you do. I've always said you can't climb if you didn't win. I'm not saying you or Muff or me. I'm saying historically, Cite when your is evidence. a team. Cite your evidence. When is a team lost and not drop, Muff? Cite your evidence in a, in a situation like this with conference championships at play. Okay, so this is a first. Okay, so there's no right? historical evidence for right. that. Right, so then we're making this. This Fine. is precedent now. Fine. My question is then, if we're going to go outside of the norm mm-hmm. because of circumstances, how can the college football playoff committee kick Penn State out of the top ten? Because the selection committee, I think it's stated, gives preference to conference champions as far as their rankings go. Unless you lose one. Two conference champions when you have when you're looking at similar records. I believe similar when you're looking at similar teams, we give preference to the conference champions. So if you're looking at Penn State compared to the Kansas States, the Utahs, the I mean, at that point, that's the only people you're really looking at there, like comparatively, then I understand. I understand. I'm not saying I'm going to fully agree why Clemson jumps Penn State, why Utah jumps Penn State, why Kansas State jumps Penn State, and USC was in the conference championship game, so them losing should not necessarily fault them below Penn State because Penn State, USC They dropped six spots. USC dropped six spots because they lost yours, lost theirs. TCU lost. But very, very close game. Not very, very close game. Hold on. Drop zero spots. Penn State. You say USC lost a very close game? TCU lost a very close game. Okay. For their first loss. That's For their first loss. Didn't drop at all. Penn State was neutral. And we're going to rank USC, who's lost to the same person or same team twice, above Penn State. Because they reached their conference championship game and and lost, but reached their conference championship game. There's <laughs> there there has been the gauntlet laid down. This year is going to be precedent for, I mean, at least next year, right? After next year, we have a whole different situation coming. I agree. Play, where if you get to your conference championship game and you are a undefeated or one loss team, absent other undefeated and one-loss teams in conference championships that can elevate themselves, you will not be jumped. I will say, as evidenced by my rankings, that I in some ways agree with you, Jim. I think that USC deserved to drop below someone like a Penn State. And I don't. My whole point here is, like, I, think I the get reason... the top four is okay. I don't get – you can't cut, kick Penn State out of the top four or out of the top ten. You can't. You can... That's stupid. You can justify like TCU not moving on the fact that it was a conference championship. They had already beat that team once. So they have proven that they can beat Kansas State. So it's almost like a 500 with that team now. 
Now, if they had lost to Kansas State in the regular season and then lost that game, I don't care how close it was, they would probably be out. But because they had already beaten that team one time, one out for the regular season, and then lose in the conference championship in overtime to a top 10 team, I don't know that I don't have as big of an issue with them not dropping. If it would have been a team that they didn't play yet and beat once, I could see them going to four behind Ohio State. I think if they're using the logic to kick Penn State down and put USC where they're at six spots. <laughs> Does it really matter, I guess? Is no, my... and I, we're arguing like a futile point. Like if, if they're doing that logic to move everybody else, TCU should be four. If we're not going to use that logic, Leave Penn State alone. Well, and this this will something like this will come into play next in two year. years. In two years, yeah, yeah, right. There will be something like this. This is setting precedent for something that could have bearing in the future. Penn State's eleven now. They could be on the bubble. They would have got in if this was a twelve. So maybe. Uh, well, they're twelve. I'm not sure, Alex. It, Remember, there's a power five. There's a power five that gets in no matter what, mm-hmm. or a a group of five. So Tulane's in there. Tulane's in. Okay, but if you're eleven, then then Tulane's twelve. Right, I'm saying, but it's right on that cusp, right? So, right, yeah. they're eleven. They, Tulane's twelve. I think they look, and I think they might look at it differently if if they knew that they had playoff. They are probably not looking at it as closely as we are because there aren't the playoff sure. implications. Sure, they, the they know the bowl game. They want them in. So they're like, here's what we got. Doesn't matter at this point. Right. How about Bama versus Tennessee for that five spot? Knowing that Tennessee beat them straight up. That's why I say Tennessee all the way. Yeah, and I think Tennessee should yeah. be there. How about Nick Saban, who looked like he was just a beat. Like, they just trotted him out there because they had to. Yeah. I don't think he in his heart of hearts believed anything that he was saying. But somebody said, Nick, you got to do this. We got the airtime. You got to make this happen, buddy. And he's like, guys, I don't think we have it. But Nick, but Nick, you got to go out there and tell the people what they Well, you know, Feinbaum told him. Like he got the he got the <laughs> and then Feinbaum was pressed on that show today. And I'm gonna press you guys on the same question. Bama against Ohio State, TCU, Michigan. Who does Bama beat? Who's Bama beat? What if we're talking like more often than not? Like out of it's ten great. games, they win yep. more. Bama with a healthy team. Yeah, they got a month rest. Healthy team, neutral site. Yep. Healthy team, neutral site. Bama will more often than not beat. Ooh, I'm gonna say it's like fifty fifty with Ohio State right now. Um, more often than not, they'll probably beat TCU more often than not. Yeah. And who's the other team? Michigan. I think Michigan beats them. Like um, when I say one more time, it's like 60-40. Yeah, 60-40 type situation right now if we're talking this situation. But we're both – all of us are saying, yeah, Tennessee should be above Bama. You didn't ask me what Tennessee would do if they were – No, and I understand that. I get that. (laughs) I would would be more afraid to play Tennessee than I would Alabama this year. With Hooker, uh, with Hooker both, with both healthy, both full yeah. healthy squads. I would be way more afraid to play Tennessee than Bama. I, I totally disagree. I agree with that. With In Alex the playoffs, yes. No, 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 no. Okay, so we have obviously the the groundwork for what the expansion of the playoff will look like. 
This has been 16 months from like June 2020 till now mm-hmm. in the making. There have been some off ramps because the Rose Bowl was stubborn. Are they in? That was supposed to be decided this, they, they are this in. weekend, right? Okay. They, it was decided end of last week into this weekend. And there was some punishment, quote unquote, for the SEC for them just being buttholes, um, their commissioner being a butthole. But we finally got to the football playoff being expanded for the 24 and 25 seasons. The basics are there's no current changes to the regular season structure. Week zero, start of the season, end of the season. The field will be the sixth highest ranked conference champions, followed by the next six highest ranked teams. The top four seeds will receive buys. And in this two-year period, remember there's only two years we're talking about where this is solidified, there will be a rotating bowl structure on who hosts what for the 24 and 25 seasons. That's stupid, but okay. Still with the college football national championship, blah, 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 but other things into play. So mm-hmm. a quick winners and losers list. The winners, non-Power 5 conferences, because they yeah. will automatically have a, a conference, conference champion. champion that is in the playoffs uh, yeah. every year. And Notre, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a winner in this, because all they have to do is be ranked in that top area. They don't have but to. But if compete. they're not, they don't have a shot in hell. Right. They, they don't. But but they don't have to compete to win a conference championship every year. They can stay <laughs> in their independent self and play the schedule they want, and as long as they're a top ten ish team, they're always going to get. I don't in. think I agree with you on they're a winner in that situation. Well, they don't have to win a conference championship to be in ever. Just remember but, that. But they wouldn't be in at all this year. This year, but I don't think anybody expected him to be in this year. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I mean, realistically, especially after game team one, this year, especially after game one, right? The fans think, are winners. Yes, because we're more likely to see players play in this expanded playoff, right? Yeah. If you're yes. in between the NFL, uh, my team has a chance to maybe win a national championship. Uh, I think I'm gonna come back and play. Like, I think the fans and some scouts win. Yes. Other winners in our estimation. I still think so like next well Notre Dame's gotta get their shit together because they're ranked twenty one. They lose a bowl game or if they lose the bowl game, preseason ranked they're coming back at fifteen at the highest. And then if they get beat by high state again. It's the same season again. We're in repeat. And if they start, if they end next year, coming back 2024 at preseason 15, that's an uphill battle to get in the top 12. And USC and Michigan, who are all starting the, the buses, I think Notre Dame's more a loser than they than we think. That's me. Alex, any other winners and losers? Uh, no, I think the winners are, you know, the, the teams that you think that would the obvious, you know, the Penn State this year that would have a chance to play. I think Penn State's a huge winner. The Kansas State. The huge Kansas, winner. Kansas State. The, you know, the teams, I was just using them as an example this year, just like those teams that are good. But. Well, I think that. This next time. So wait. So if the loser of the 
conference for the Big Ten, they should keep it the way it is because it helps the East. But like for the Big Twelve, the conference championship doesn't matter anymore, right? Because no, both get in. It matters because it's an automatic in. Yeah, if they're the highest. next highest. Well, re- re- reasonably, it's an automatic in, right? Yeah, unless you can't guarantee a group of five teams. Right, you can't guarantee it, but you should be able to guarantee that they're in. Okay. So it, it behooves you to have the conference championship, which is why the structure is put into place. As far as losers. Okay, yes, okay. As far as losers. All the bowls potentially that we've grown to love because of their intricacies and eccentricism, such as the Duke's Mayo Bowl. So the, are all these all these other bowl games out then? We don't no, know. Still play. We I just don't know about play. them. We don't know how they're going to uh, how they're going to pan out, right? Because gotcha. you've yeah. got you're going to have less teams, which means realistically you're probably going to have less bowls. Yeah, or more teams get to play in a bowl. I can't just. Four win teams now get to get in the bowls. Yeah. No. You also have to remember. You also well. You also have to, gets a chance. Good. Are there any six? Are there any six? Are there any six win teams that don't make a bowl game? Do they like run out of bowl games? There's a couple on the fringe. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. But that's we had them the bowl pick was years ago. Yeah. We also have to remember that with more games being played, where are the highlights going to be on the bowl games. Right. Yeah. If we're if we're billing around this whole expanded playoff, do we yeah. really care as much that the Duke's Mayo is happening? They're still, I gonna, care. they're still gonna be like at fill the void times, like during the week. Yeah. Okay. All right. Any other thoughts on the expanded playoff? It hurts education of the children. I don't care. I want football. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just speaking kidding. Of, speaking yeah. of education of the kids, the Heisman, the Heisman Trophy, which also hurts the education of the children's. Um, <clears throat> right now, the top four, I believe these, I don't know what the odds are, but I believe this is the current order still uh, of best odds to worst odds are Caleb Williams, Max Duggan, CJ Stroud, Stetson Bennett. If I was picking, Stetson Bennett. I agree. I Max Duggan, I think, has a good, after the, his performance he just had, Max Duggan, you're right, of, of everyone that's on this list, Max Duggan and Stetson Bennett didn't hurt their chances. Stetson Bennett is the only one that I believe increased his chances significantly. Yes. Yes. Obviously, CJ Stroud didn't play, so, I mean, he couldn't do anything to his situation. Caleb, isn't everybody on here losers but Stetson Bennett? Yeah, that's what Actually, we're, that's we're saying. Stetson Bennett yeah, was the one who improved people. his chances. Sold. I want a winner. It's the most valuable player in college football, Jim. It's not the who is a winner, right? They like, don't have to be a winner. I want their value. They're valuable if we win. The most valuable player in the NFL isn't always a winner. As far as an as far as a championship winner, but they Aaron, win a lot. Case in point: Aaron Rodgers, Jim. Boom, roasted. He shouldn't have won. Boom, roasted. Uh, bowls. Any initial thoughts on the current bowl matchups? Anything of interest? Love the Rose Bowl. Love the Rose Bowl. Penn State, Utah. Could only make it better if it was USC, Utah, running it back. But I'll take Penn State, Utah. It only make it better if it was on January first instead of January second. Yeah, I agree with that too. <laughs> See, we're all so so. The NFL is king on Sunday. Yeah. Uh. No, I didn't. Nothing crazy. 
Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know. On. I was just looking through to see if anything else. Give us some time to breathe. Let when is breathe. the first? When is the first game, Jim? So when can people? When do people have to get their picks in to be? I think they put a deadline on December fourteenth. Yeah, December sixteenth is the 16th, first bowl game. Yeah. Uh, the Rag and Kagans take on Houston. Rag and Kagans. Rag and Kagan. There mm-hmm. aren't a lot of, I tell you what, Wisconsin and Oklahoma State, that'd be a nice yeah, one to just a, sit back and watch. At 10 15 p.m. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm, I was just looking at the times. Pitt, UCLA. Not a bad matchup. Big game, yeah. Arkansas, Kansas. I hope Tennessee versus uh, Clemson. We get a sad dabo. Sad dabo. Jim's always excited about a sad dabo. Bama versus Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. Florida State, Oklahoma. Yeah, Florida State's got that one by a lot. Washington, Texas. There's a couple good games. Tennessee, Clemson will be a good one. I think the Big 12 can prove itself. I think it's funny that it's Tennessee versus Clemson in the Orange Bowl. <laughs> You think they did it on purpose? I hope so. I'm just kidding. They didn't know. Marshall UConn, the real team from Alex, in a bowl. Alex, how do you feel about that game? That's like two teams for you, huh? I know. Those are two of my go-tos, but I'll be pulling for the West Virginia boys. The West Virginia boys. Put some respect no, on we don't. We don't have to have weird, like, articles of the English language before our names to make us feel <laughs> in the state of West Virginia. <laughs> Because you can't spell the half of them in the English language. P H E. There are different. There are different articles that they use, Jim. Y'all yins. Exactly. <laughs> the important ones. All right. Let's get to the other interesting news in college football. We have Deion Sanders making his way to be a Buffalo for the University of Colorado at Boulder. The team announced on Sunday. Oh, I was surprised by this, to be honest. There's a lot of fallout from this. A lot of fallout from this that's to be determined and negative at the time. The way he accepted his win, there's some some stuff on the stage he did was ugly. The way he announced it to his team was ugly. It was all around not not a good look for Dion. Like it hurt my image of him and it was going up for Dion, but I did not like the way he handled this. So yeah, no, I, I just, I didn't see it coming. He's very into like the um, HBCU stuff, and I thought he would kind of stay unless it was something a lot bigger. But I guess he has to start. Like, if he wants to truly be a coach, you have to take the next step up. I guess. And that was kind of what he said. That was a that was a very positive way of looking at it. Yeah. I felt the way he said it was, I got to get that paper. But that was that was my take on it. <laughs> Well, if, you got to do what you got to do. I was going to say, you if you're, and... if that's, you have to think about it. That's his career. Dion's got enough money that career is a funny word. We, we. I'm not we thinking suppose... of money. I'm thinking of it in fame. Sure. Okay. Sure. So a couple things that I think about is yes, bring up the HBCU point that Alex raises, um, but this also permits, I think, an opportunity for Dion to bring players through the transfer portal to Colorado for students, student athletes that may not have had the opportunity to play at division one programs if he did not bring them with him. So I think there is going to be this initial like one or two year where he's bringing some of these players with him. (laughs) His son is one of them. Um, 
and it will elevate at least some of the players that have ties to an HBCU, like a Jackson State. Uh, remember, he's done things like HBCU combines. So yeah. I'll be interested to see how he continues with those types of efforts or if you know his organization, his media company, whatever is going on is going to continue with that. Um, the second coin of the side of this coin to me is, is the Pac-12 ready for everything that D- comes with Dion? Yes. I think after this year, yes. I think this year was kind of their like coming out party as an actual football conference. And will he and Snoop have their own situation, which would be in awesome. In Colorado. Huh? In Colorado. Well, Snoop's a USC guy. That's why I'm like, yeah. but I'm I, saying, I understand like, what you're saying. They will be participating in extracurriculars together. Is that what you're insinuating? I'm just saying that there's some business ventures in both states that they now can cross-pollinate. You never know. Can't rule it out. Can never rule that out. Next, we have Hugh Freeze to Auburn. Ugh. I do a not want for Auburn. A lot, a lot going on here. Um, first, is this still too quick? Yes. For Hugh Freeze to get back to a major college yes. program. Yes. I'm disappointed in Auburn for wanting him. Yes. And I root for Auburn. I, I like Auburn. I... There were a lot of rumors. I don't even know if these are rumors. I think these some out, out statements and facts that a lot of SEC teams wanted him the year after he was let go. And yeah, the but S- that's, and the is SEC, that shocking. But the S- apparently the SEC commissioner came in and was like, wait, wait, wait. I'm not going to tell you not to do it, but I'm going to tell you you shouldn't do it. And that's what kind of staved it off and what took him to ultimately liberty. So uh, there had to have been either the blessing over this this whole situation or Auburn was just like, we don't care if you say no, we're still going to do it. I wouldn't have done it. I think there's better opportunities out there. I agree. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of this coin is Liberty, a coveted job now in the group of five. As far I, as payment, Freeze was paid three and a half mil. They have high end facilities. Is it a coveted job? I thought that until they paid the guy from Coastal seven years, four million. And I was like, well, okay. All right. And then they hired. Coastal hired their guy, Tim Beck, who I would love to get into, five years at $5 million. So Liberty's not – like, they may have all the facilities, <laughs> Jerry Falwell, but they don't want to pay the man his money. What What is it about Hugh Freeze that garners so much money and fame and attention? I have no idea. Like, obviously, he's proven that he can manage – a division one program and has had success, but is that what this takes really to get this type of money? You have to have some success in a major college program and the money just follows you everywhere, no matter what you do. I think so. Because you get, yeah, I, yeah, Muff, the answer is yes. Right. I mean, Matt rules getting it. Yeah, I agree. But Matt rule also showed success at the college level at all, like multiple areas, right? Mm-hmm. Multiple schools. Um, <clears throat> South Florida Jim has a new head coach. No, no, we're gonna we're gonna go back to Coastal okay. Carolina for a hot second. Okay. Do we know anything about Tim Beck, Alex? Do you know anything about Tim Beck? Not really. Okay, hold on. I gotta get my 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 
facts here. Fire of the Google machine. Yeah, he was in his coaching career. He coached at Kansas. Okay. He then was with Bo Pelini. Okay. In Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I know him from Ohio State. He was a co-offensive coordinator with Tommy Herman mm-hmm. in the year of 2015's national championship run. He was touted as him and when him and Tom were together as like the brain trust. Okay. Like super genius people. Mm-hmm. When Tommy Herman went to Texas, he took Tim Beck with him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tom Herman let this guy go. Okay. He blamed the Texas issues on Beck. Do you think that was just a CYA thing? Yes. <laughs> Beck went to NC State, where he's been coaching as an offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. And they've been fairly successful. I'm not going to say they're like top tier, but. And now he's at our guys, Coastal Carolina. I think this is a bad hire. I don't think this is a bad hire. I'm not going to say it's a great hire, but I don't think it's a bad one. Could they have done better? At NC State? Or, or I mean, sorry, Coastal? Right. You're either going to get a fall from grace situation, Jim. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get a fall from grace. Or you're going to get an up-and-comer, a young young coach. That's Those are the options you get. This isn't a fall from grace. This is a younger coach, I'm assuming, right? He's okay. Who's trying to cut his teeth. Like that that's that's what you get at these schools. Or you get like Mac Brown and you get really lucky like North Carolina did. Well, what's like, what's Tom Herman doing right now? You tell me, Jim. I I would take Tom Herman over Tim Beck. Yeah, maybe they're not looking for that. They see the uh, failed head they see the failed head coach, not the um not the scapegoat assistant. That's weird. I just I don't know that I would do it. Well, we got to remember. I think Grayson McCall's is last year too, so there may be a full re, a full re reload there in Coastal Carolina over the next two years. Then we have Tennessee taking losing their offensive coordinator, Alex Gulish, to South Florida as their head coach. I think this is of all the things we've talked about beyond Dion. I think this is more noteworthy. Tennessee's success is it the offensive coordinator or do we think it's Bobby Hill as the head coach? You mean Josh Heupel? Yeah, I'm sorry, Bobby Hill. <laughs> Just to make sure that his name is Josh Heupel, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, that's what we're about to find out, right? Yeah, that's, I think there's a lot is... of question marks now for Tennessee. Right. So six in week six or seven next year, we're gonna be able to revisit this and say was this hypo being hypo or was this the offensive coordinator putting putting his recruits into good positions to be successful and then so the will we have hooker back for the clemson game dvd i don't know i i I would be surprised so with no hooker you can't blame on coaching if hooker is he going in the draft no i would say i don't think so he's only sophomore i think right yeah i don't know with hooker and no and a new OC, a question mark for uh, Tennessee next year. Mm-hmm. And then who had the ever had the was uh, I said Wisconsin got uh, 
Their quarterback is going to the transfer portal. Graham Mertz has two seasons left of their eligibility. I think that's news because Luke's our buddy Luke Fickle, my buddy, your buddy, Luke, your buddy, my buddy Luke Fickle okay. is the new coach. I'm shocked that he lost Graham Mertz. I'm not. I'm really not. Graham Mertz is not the answer for that team, and I think this is Luke Fickle saying, "Hmm, you can stay." But there's no guarantees you're going to have any spot on this team, as far as in the starting quarterback role. Um, I I'm coming in. Keep him. I'm shaking it up. Gary Mertz has not been able to lead them to the promised land. They haven't had coaches that gave a shit. Yeah, I'm not going to say you're wrong, but you got to right. you got you got to part ways with people. Sure. And that right. is the college football breakdown. This is Mount Massive. You're a So, this is the best, the five best college bowl games ever played per the three of us. This isn't the last 25 years. This isn't throughout history. This is our own criteria per us. If you disagree with us, throw something else at us. Give us your criteria. I'm going to go to Alex first. Okay. And we'll go with that. All right. Fair enough. So my list is number five, the 2007 Fiesta Bowl. Boise State beats Oklahoma 43 to 42 in overtime. Statue of Liberty, Liberty, hook and ladder play in overtime to go for the wind. Dropped it out on the table and won like that. 2006 Rose Bowl, Texas 41, USC 38. That was the Vince Young, Reggie Bush game. Uh, 2008 Fiesta Bowl was West Virginia beating Oklahoma 38 to 28. This was immediately after Rich Rod bailed on West Virginia after the worst moment in sports history, in my personal opinion. Um, when Bill Stort gives his big leave no doubt speech and then goes out and leads the men to victory. Uh, the 2012 Orange Bowl, because we beat Clemson 70 to 33, was awesome. And the 2006 Sugar Bowl when West Virginia beat Georgia 38-35. to 35. That's well, my call. You got, you, got you got a good West Virginia feeling there. I did. There's a homer list. I'm okay with it. I'm not going to argue with it. Mm-hmm. Who's Buff, next? Buff, go ahead. Okay, this is not really in any particular order, just a, f- a five list. Uh, the 2006 Rose Bowl. Uh, as with Alex, Texas, USC, Reggie Bush, Vince Young, Mac Li- Matt Liner, Lendell White, back and forth, classic game, big names, people that we still talk about to this day to some degree. Uh, next, I have the 2003 Fiesta Bowl, Ohio State over Miami in two overtimes. It was a thriller of a game that is just as much known for not what happened on the field as far as game play, but the pass interference call as well as Willis McGahey's injury. Right. There's a lot of things outside of just the game itself um, that make this game iconic in some way. Um, Next, we have the 2007 Fiesta, Boise, Oklahoma, as Alex said, Statue of Liberty for the win in overtime. They went for two, dropped on the table and said, this is how we're going to end it. Uh, Next for me is the 1994 Orange Bowl. This is one of the, the classic matchups when you think of 
how the polls influenced what was going on in college football at the time. This was an AP poll versus a coach's poll number one. Charlie Ward, Tommy Frazier, Bobby Bowden, Tom Osborne. You had names, you had coaches, um, you had a game-winning field goal a winning field goal with I think about two minutes left and then a game winning attempted field goal as time expired. That was no good. So you had the drama, the names, everything to come with it. And last on my list is 1995 Rose bowl, Penn state beating Oregon 38 to 20. This is the game that Penn state came into because they were of most accounts, number two in the country. And they felt slighted for not getting to play for the championship game against Nebraska. Um, they went up early in this one and coasted to a win. Uh, and this for me is one of my earliest college football memories is watching Kajana Carter run for like a 70 or 80 yard touchdown in the first drive of the game for Penn state on this one. So for me, um, this is all my heartfelt. This is from me and why I love college football. Um, the 2006 sugar bowl, West Virginia beats Georgia on Rich Rogers, Rich Rod's fake punt call. Mm-hmm. to ice the thing uh it was nice to see west virginia beat georgia i was i think yeah i was at west liberty at the time as a student and it was cool to see west virginia get theirs yeah. um the 2007 fiesta bowl the statue of liberty as you guys have said that was just magical to watch on television like and then there was a wedding propo- or a proposal at the end. You're All right. that shit that happened on television was just insane, and that was fun. Um, the two thousand, the Fiesta Bowl where Ohio State beats Miami. That was fun for me because, of course, Ohio State wins. But I was a young kid at a wrestling tournament in Ohio, and I heard an entire hotel like from top to bottom explode when they won. And like, I ran out in the hallway and like kids that I was wrestling the next day, other teams, we were all hugging each other and just like to hang out with strangers and all have that common bond of college football. That was fun. Um, Then it's the 2015 national championship when we beat Oregon. I don't really care about the national title. I know that's weird as a high Homer. It was the first I'm going to get emotional. It was the first national title game, first bowl game I watched with my wife and my best friend. Oh. That was cool. Um, and the 97 Rose Bowl, Ohio State versus Arizona State, Jake Plummer versus Joe Germain. Um, my dad, who Muff can attest, is my dad watches football a lot like me. And when if you watch an Ohio State game with me, it's very negative. Um Shocker. Ohio State was down in that game, and my dad had pissed me off to the point where I finally said, I will bet you 20 bucks. Ohio State pulls this off, and Joe Germain throws the last-minute pass to David Boston, the end zone, with 17 seconds left to win the game. And that was my first legitimate bet. <laughs> that I won from your dad, from my dad, and it was one of those things. Like my brother and I still talk about Joe Germain in that game. Like it was one of those college football memories that will stick with me forever, and gave me the betting bug. So, those are my top five. I like it. Yeah, and there's a lot of Ohio homers, but I mean that's college football. Like you stick with the games that like imprinted on you. 
Exactly. So that was Mount Massive. You're like, hee This is Start. Yay! But. Oh. God. You got to do those every time now. That was good. <laughs> I'm just going with however I, the, the world moves me. All right. So, guys, I have a process to this one. Okay. There's, we have, we're going to do four rounds. Okay. Okay. Round one. Simply on bowls alone. Not this year, not the history. Well, you can, I guess, if you want to throw the history in there, I don't care. But on the totality of the bowl themselves, you're going to start bench cut the following bowls. Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, Orange Bowl. Okay. Go ahead, Alex. I think you have to start the Rose Bowl for the... For the fanfare and the pageantry. I bench the sugar bowl. Okay. And I cut the orange bowl. I, just... I was waiting to see if Alex had more to say. Go ahead, Alex. No, I just, I, I feel like when I think of like sugar bowl games, I just had a more of a like positive vibe. Yeah. I'm going to cut the sugar bowl. I'm going mm-hmm. to bench the orange bowl. And I'm going to start the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. I would do it. I'm going to start the Rose Bowl. I'm going to cut the Orange Bowl, and I'm benching the Sugar Bowl. So I think I'm with Alex on this one. Yeah. Okay. Round two. The Cotton Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Peach Bowl, Muff. Uh, cotton Fiesta. Start, definitely starting the Fiesta. Benching the cotton bowl and cutting the peach bowl. Alex. I am also starting the fiesta bowl, benching the peach bowl and cutting the cotton bowl. Ooh. I don't really care between the last two, but definitely I agree with, fiesta bowl. I'm with Muff. We're starting the fiesta bowl. We've gotten the peach bowl. We're benching the cotton bowl. Now for round three. Dum dum dum. They only get start and cut. Rose Bowl versus Fiesta Bowl. Start Rose. Alex? I just picked Fiesta Bowl, Rose Bowl? Yep. Fiesta Bowl. Ooh, damn it. I'm saying Fiesta Bowl because my team has played in Fiesta Bowls. We don't play in Rose Bowls. Damn it! I didn't play in the Rose Bowl. I wanted this to be like, oh, and this is uh, now it's on me. Damn it! Oh, you know what? I'm not going to decide. I'm going to let the fans decide. Okay, we're going to put it on an Instagram. Got it. Okay, that was too close. Now for our last one, we're going to pick. We're going to. Start bench cut and shouldn't have been in there to begin with. <laughs> Georgia, Michigan, Tennessee, or TCU, I'm sorry, Ohio State. Start bench cut shouldn't have been then to begin with. Well, I wonder what start Georgia. Okay. Bench Michigan. 
Okay. Cut TCU and Ohio State should never been there at all. Alex. One, two, three, four. Done. Start Georgia. Bench TCU. Cut Michigan. And Ohio State shouldn't have been there at all. All right. And that is. Start. <laughs> <laughs> you have no opinion, Jim? Uh, no, I'm just the host of this segment. Wow. <laughs> oh. Okay. That leads us to the end of this week's we episode. We know his opinion. With Jim and Bob, where Jim offers opinions only when he knows <laughs> that they are the correct one. Um, follow us at Sports Jim Muff on Instagram and Twitter. SportsStuffW forward slash Jim Amersam Muff on Instagram. I mean, on YouTube, on Facebook. Get involved in the bowl pick <clears throat> Find it in the link tree. Find it in the social media. Look for the posts. Get in there for the prizes, the free prizes. Who knows? Last <laughs> last couple of years, people have won. People won liquor, or is that the fantasy football league? That's fantasy football. We could do liquor. We did liquor for the um, bracket challenge. We could do liquor. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, to have a chance, you have to be in the running, which means you have to create your bracket um, or create your bowl pick them. Get in there and do the things, and share it with your friends because the only way for this rocket ship to keep going to the moon is to tell a friend. Make a friend be a
it, I know. 